one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Damn right. Okay? Damn right. So you can't roll with the big dogs. Stay on the board. It's time. Live. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. Say what? It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us. T.C. Martin Show, Ballpark Frank, Stevie Slapshot, making it happen here I want to thank Dusty Baker for joining us uh, last hour. Some great stuff there with the Houston Astros manager and going back in the day with some great stuff as well, too. TJ Reeves will join us, our guy from Tampa, the Buck Sideline Reporter. We start talking a little NFL and college football this hour. And don't forget, get on over to one of the great William Hill Sportsbooks and get the William Hill mobile app. If you don't have it yet, so easy to do. Highly advise you to do it. And so many gaming options on that as well. The in-game wagering options, plus some great parlay and teaser odds as well. Great. You can get the 10-point teaser as well, too. Not many places offer that. It's the William Hill Sportsbooks. And uh, get involved with the app and get the $53. Deposit $50 into your brand-new account when you open a new account, and they will match it with another free $50. You've got to use the promo code, though, TC50. So once you get the app on your phone, get over to one of the great sportsbooks at William Hill. Deposit at least $50. They'll match it with $50. Use that promo code TC50. All right. Uh, we'll not be at the Cosmopolitan this week because Friday is Christmas. So, uh, But we will be doing our New Year's Eve show at the Cosmopolitan a week from tomorrow. So next Thursday, that'll be fun. Be doing our best bets, our best bowl games and all that stuff. And that will come on the eve of the college football championship. Notre Dame taking on Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. So look forward to that. Cosmopolitan next Thursday. Yeah, now that 10-team uh, teaser thing might come in play when you're looking at the point spread in uh, one of those games. 19-point Alabama. Has there been a bigger point spread that you can remember in the in the college football playoffs? I remember, I think, the, la- the last couple years. Because remember, all these first-round games have been, have been blowouts. I, I want to remember a 17, maybe 17, 18, 19, maybe a 20. But uh, we've had that and with, with Clemson yeah. and, and Alabama being favored. Over some of these teams. And yeah. imagine if it did go to eight. We yeah. might see even bigger point spreads. What would Alabama be over a Cincinnati or uh, something like that? Yeah, we'll say if we hypothetically took a number eight, I guess, yeah, it would be Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, definitely more than, than Notre Dame. I bet you're looking at probably about 22. Yeah. Probably. Stevie Slapshot, he's our uh, resident odds maker here. Don't you guys think the NCAA really missed the boat here? They they could have gotten so much publicity and and been the talk of the town by having eight teams and having a playoff. If, why why not, this year of all years? Why didn't they do that? Because they're the NCAA. Yeah, and and again, it, it, and you got to remember, it's really even not the NCAA. It's whatever we call this the the bowl committee, the college football playoff committee. Because got to remember, I mean, they're their own entity. They're their own entity, and they're the really calling the shots. So it just doesn't make sense. I mean, look how long it took us to basically get a college football playoff with number one and number two. And then they couldn't get that right and go to four until, I mean, how many years did we have to suffer with this? We only got to, to 2014 before we ended up going to four. Took a long time. Yeah. Way too long. Exactly. Just like this has taken way exactly. too long. And nobody's saying be like the basketball tournament and have 64 teams. 
eight. Some people want to go to sixteen. Yeah, you yeah, don't but need that. Eight, eight, right. eight is fine. Right. Eight is fine. Yes. The five power conferences, and you have three at large. Yes, is somebody still going to complain? You could have every team but two of them make the playoffs, yeah. and one of those two would complain. So, yeah, yeah. someone's always going to complain. But eight is is good. It gives you plenty of time to play it out. You can start a little bit earlier when the bowl season starts. You can still wrap it up around the same time. Or if you wanted to push it back a little bit, you could have it closer to the, the Super Bowl, maybe that week in between. The, I mean, there's a lot of different options for it, but – For one thing, where I don't understand why they don't do it, we always say money rules everything. The money they would bring in would be huge. It extends the season one week. Yeah, one week. It extends it now. If if, you know you really are are saying that well, it's already long enough. Okay, then get rid of one of those early season non conference games. Okay. Get rid of those Ohio State Bowling Green games. Get rid of the Alabama Florida A and M game. Get rid of that stuff. You mean like we did this year? Exactly. Where all the non-conference it, it, games were gotten rid it, of. Exactly. So it can be done. And again, yeah, you, there's still ways to generate money. And we're talking about you're talking about that pool of, of money. I mean, you know, six million dollars going to each school to make a, you know the college football playoff. I mean, it, it can only can only be more. And then again, it does not leave you that bad taste in your mouth. Nobody complains in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, 64 teams. And sure, you get some minor arguments. Oh, 65. But those teams aren't winning, you know, going deep in the tournament anyway. So, you know, again, it it started at at, at 32 and then expanded and expanded. I agree with you. Eight is the number. It is the perfect number. I don't, we don't need to be 12. We don't need to be 16. Like no, we the, don't need like to be subdivision. Yeah, we don't need to be ten or something like that. You're, oh, well, the f- top two get a buy, and then don't the other no. You, you, just it. make it eight. Eight's play fine. it out, and and like you said with the basketball tournament, the the silliest thing to me in the basketball tournament is when they call the play-in games the first round. Yeah. So right. okay, we have sixty-eight teams. Sixty of them get first round buys. Right. No, they don't. <laughs> Right. It's the play-in game. I you know. can call it whatever you. Yeah, but there's an eleven seed up for grab here, so it's you know they're. I don't care. It's a playing game. Yeah. The tournament starts when the 64 team field gets underway. Exactly. I must be it's missing 68. something. It's 68 now. Remember that. Remember it was 65. Now it's 68. No, that's what I said. Yeah. 68. Yeah. yeah. With with these with these bowls that are balking in, in the football, it seems to me your bowl would be more prestigious as a as a part of the eight team playoff than it is as it stands. And as Frank says, they make more money. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're talking about them. We're, we're, we, just, we mentioned BYU, that's it. Yeah. We'd be talking about all these bowl games if they were in a playoff situation. Right. But one thing that does scare some of those people on those bowl committees is if it goes to a college football playoff format, they might not have their job naming the bowls and that kind of stuff because they might bring different people in because it could be a different organizing body. That's why they took so long to even get to the four because these, these people want to protect their jobs because they're afraid that they might see, well, we don't really do anything here, here except for go to some parties and say, okay, these are the two teams coming. I don't want to lose that gig. And the thing about it is that was one of the arguments way back when. Okay, was talking about extending the season and then still having the tradition of the bowl games. They figured it out. I mean, we were still able to to keep the Rose Bowl, and you know, in the Rose Bowl presented by Visa or whoever it was, it's changed. You know, uh, Capital One, a few you know uh, different corporate sponsors year after year. But you kept that, and then if that wasn't one of the playoffs, what they do? They still went to the Big Ten, 
you know, either champion or runner-up against the Pac-12 champion or runner-up if those guys, you know, if they weren't in the playoff, then it was just like normal. And even when those teams were in the college football playoff and the Rose Bowl wasn't part of the rotation of being one of the semifinal games, we still got great games like an Oregon-Wisconsin or something like that, you know? So it can be done. Instead of just shutting it off, you just figure out how to do it, try to keep their traditions alive, and it can be done. And with what we're talking about here, you go to eight. Now you're talking about four of these these bowl games. What would be wrong? Okay, let's say we're going to have, uh, you know, now it gives them all. You can throw in the Cotton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, because right now it's rotate, rotating, and the Fiesta Bowl, this and that. Basically, you could have all of those be, you know, quarterfinals or semifinals every year. You know what I mean? Or maybe, yeah. maybe a quarterfinal especially the way things are starting to happen here in Vegas, maybe the Las Vegas Bowl could be a quarterfinal because we know that national championship game could be here when you've got a Legion Stadium here now and the Las Vegas Bowl has gone from Sam Boyd Stadium, you know, 30 years plus there, to now move to New Year's Eve. But too bad, you know, we had to cancel it this year. But then now you've got the bigger conference affiliations, Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. And I know John Sassenti and the Las Vegas Bowl Committee, uh, they see that as well, too. It just makes all the sense in the world, but it's stubbornness. I guess the long-winded answer to your question is just stubbornness. That's well, all it is. Well, it's stubbornness, and it's also it makes too much sense. It's too logical, <laughs> and it's actually too easy to do. And I, and I hate that answer. because You're right, No, I, but I, it's I, I stupid. Know. People that, that, that say that, well, it's too... It's right in front of you. Why oh, are you running away from it? Be- because some people see 2 plus 2, and they don't see 4. Is the answer? You know, I mean, like you said, look what we changed this year. The Rose Bowl is in Texas. It's at AT and T Stadium, where the Cotton Bowl should probably be. Does anybody care? No, because it's part of the football playoff. That's all people care about. How about if you're on the Rose Bowl committee this year? The teams were named for you. Yeah, they're still going to get their dividends or whatever. I'm sure for a game that's not even played where they're at. Missed the parade though. Man, miss a parade. You know, we had the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. You see that on Thanksgiving? We, we saw that. I mean, they, no fans, but they still did it. Don't know why they couldn't do the, the parade still. They'd have to do it in Texas. You, you, they, really, you really can't have a parade I, in, I, in, in, in I, California? I don't know. They, they, moved, they it, moved the game. But here's the thing, That'd though. be a long, a long parade route yeah. wow, <laughs> from Pasadena to Dallas. No, Those but, guys, the marching bands okay, would be dropping no, but over. You still have their, I'm just saying, you just don't. You're just not going to have the, the Rose Bowl participant bands in there, okay? You're taking two bands out. You still got like 200 floats and everything else that, you know, go there with this Rotary Club and this uh, county and this, that. I mean, it's basically the whole state of, of California and people come in, this and that, and it's not being witnessed by anybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. If, if they did it in Thanksgiving in New York, in Macy's, you still have floats. How many people are on a float? I think we can get by with under 15. That's my point. And, and what's, who are the most people that see it anyway? The people at home watching well, television, right? TV, it's yeah. not the people that attend it. Right. You know? Uh, I mean, right. man, you don't want to go to the Rose Parade. I'm telling you. You don't want to go to any parade. Parking, all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, it's kind of fun to be there. But bottom line is, it's, you can still keep your sponsorships with your commercials. You still have that two-hour advertisement and everything. Come on, you got to keep the Rose Parade. It'd be easier this year, too. You wouldn't have to really block off the streets. No one's out there. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> you just... And I, I found myself you know, watching a little bit of that Macy's Day Parade. And I thought, oh, what is this, like last year or something like that? And no, it, it was live. And, you know, 
I mean, there were some people peeking out of the, the buildings there and this and that, but, but no one was on the streets. No one complained. You still got the musical performances, got the floats. Come on. Santa waving to nobody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't I, wasn't there a new rock balloon this year or something? No, didn't, didn't, didn't the rock have a caricature that they were floating around or something like that in it? I don't know. I thought I saw that because I didn't watch a second of the parade. Because yeah. of all the things we're talking about that I don't care if they do or don't do, right. it's any of the parades. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know, but for people that like them. You want to get up in the early early in the morning and watch a parade? Man, go for it. You know, you know, I was having flashbacks, Steve. You'll appreciate this. Okay. When I was watching that, I, I I was flashing back to the Seinfeld episode. You know, for the parade. Yeah, yeah. You know, there when they they had the the, the big whatever it was, and they they had all that all that nonsense yes. going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking, this is this a Seinfeld episode I'm watching here? Because <laughs> it, it, it looked like it. It looked like it. It's it's, a, it's amazing, uh, Larry David. Whatever situation you fall upon, there's a Seinfeld episode that represents it. And th- those guys were freaking geniuses. Absolutely. The yeah. show about nothing. Absolutely. Exactly. And uh, the parade about nothing. There is no parade this year. No Rose Bowl parade. You know, there, there you have it. All right. So, uh, anyway, um, did you want to follow up on anything with uh, what you heard from Dusty Baker? Um, I, I just thought it was interesting with his insights and in that, talking about, you know, uh, he, he was going after his 2,000th win. And so it actually kind of sounds like he was upset that the season was cut short. But, you know, maybe it's a win-win for baseball fans out there because it sounds like there's a very good chance that we'll see Dusty uh, on somebody's bench again this year because it sounds like that is one of those career achievement milestones that he still wants to get to. I thought it was interesting some of the players that he talked about that, you know, that, that he played played with and against and different things like that. So, uh, no, I mean, uh, guys definitely had a storied career and, um, you know, uh, really good information there. And, uh, you know, I, I just – I'm just wondering when you're going to get a really good friend of yours on that you don't bring up food at some point. I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. I didn't bring it up. You know, he brought it up. No, you know, okay, okay that, that, that food won't be part of the conversation. Well, no guarantees of that, my friend. I mean, You did me ask the question, but if he if – he, uh, if he does invite you to the uh, to the Baker Ranch, I would like also to come along. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite a spread, boys. Oh, it oh, is. Oh man, I, I've witnessed that. That's crazy. No, but he brought up the food before we started talking about. Uh, before I asked him what was on the, the okay. menu, okay, he brought up before about the the food and the metabolism. Okay. Didn't you ask him something Perhaps. about the city or something like that, the food or something like that? I did. I, th- I thought I, there I, was a, a food question before that too. Oh, as well. oh, oh yeah. So, sometimes yeah. I said he liked Atlanta. Sometimes I, I think you talk about food so much that you don't even realize you're talking about food. <laughs> That's probably accurate, my friend. No <laughs> doubt about it. You know, w- one thing that uh, I, I did want to touch about, but I know where, where he would go with this answer, is that the Astros are coming up with three free agents, and two of them are very prominent. And to see if they are going to to be able to sign their two own guys, and one is is George Springer and Michael Brantley, and your number one and three hitters of that that lineup in that order. And I know what Dusty thinks about both of those guys, and he'd love to have him back. Also, Josh Riddick is also a, a free agent as well too. Uh, luckily, you know they don't have any any pitchers because they signed Verlander, but then again, you don't know with his injury. But again, you know the thing with the, with the Astros and that mess that he had to take over. Not only did he have to take over that PR nightmare, but then once he got there and Verlander got hurt, you got to remember the Astros had 12 rookie pitchers. That's never happened before that, that he had to deal with and all those starters. And every t- time these guys are starting, people are going, well, well who are these guys? But uh, I know he'd love to have Springer back and Brantley back, and those are, are, are two big bats. And, you know, the way it is with Major League Baseball, it's really hard to uh, – 
you know, to keep these guys because the, the salaries are ridiculous. What has Springer said? Would Springer like to stay there? Or has he said anything about, you know, other teams he's looking at? Yeah, it's all been very quiet. But I know towards the end of last season, Springer said he did want to come back. Okay. He did. And, again, you know, he's been part of that core that yeah. grew up there, you know, him and Altuve and those guys. So, you know, Riddick is a guy that's bounced around. So right. he's probably the guy that you're probably not going to keep. I think Riddick made, made $13 million this past year. And so – He's going to want a little bit more money. But, you know, again, he was kind of like the fourth outfielder anyway. But, but Springer and Brantley are, are two guys that really make that offense go. Yeah, one thing that I, that I did find interesting that I just remembered from uh, the interview was when he was talking about when he played and he played down in Puerto Rico and a lot of those guys would barnstorm and they'd play in other leagues around, the you know, down in Latin America or whatever. And I wanted to ask him, does he think players today could relate to something like that, even with the money they make and everything else? And I know some of the younger players, they do play in different leagues to get seasoning and that to try to become better major leaguers. But, I mean, these guys were doing it not necessarily just to get seasoned, but because, like Dusty said, you could use the extra money. Right. You know, I mean, the, the old story back when, when we were growing up as kids, Richie Hebner dug graves in the offseason because that's what he did when he was in high school and that because his dad was literally a grave digger. Right. But, you know, I, I don't know – that a lot of the younger players today appreciate what the guys before them went. Maybe in baseball they do a little bit more than some of the other sports because a lot of them come from poorer countries and come up here in that. Because we hear it in other sports in that that they don't even have an idea necessarily who some of the pioneers in the game were and what they went through in that. And and, and I wonder what that's like in a, in a clubhouse or something when he's talking to some of these youngsters today. Could they imagine? It's like, well, what do you mean you needed the money? Yeah. I mean – I'm I'm a utility infield and I make six million dollars a year. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head though when you said when you're coming from a different country and seeing that dynamic and being around that in the clubhouse, you can see that. And I use Bryce Harper as an example too. When you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated when you're 16 years old, and you know you're a, you're a sophomore in high school, he was basically the LeBron James of baseball. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And, and a guy like that is. Yeah, he's been pampered, and he's he's a tremendous talent. And again, he was one of those those guys I was talking about. That I asked him the question because you know, I saw Dusty manage Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. Joey Votto was a piece of work, I can tell you. And, and, and him and Bryce Harper were two guys that were very very similar. They're very aloof, you know. You know, very had attitudes and that sort of thing. And guys like that. You don't think that they get the history. But then when you see a guy come up from the Dominican Republic or Venezuela, you see that. And you see how hungry they are. And you see the work ethic. And you see these guys working hard in infield and you know getting there three hours early and this and that. Yeah, it means everything to them. And, and those guys, a lot of those guys, and, you know, and, unless you're like an Aroldis Chapman, a, a guy that you know had greatness put on him when he was over there. And he came over, you know, like with the diamond, the diamond necklaces and that sort of thing. Yeah, but, the, the, basically the first time they, they put a radar gun on him, they said, this guy's going to be a superstar exactly. if he can get any control. Yeah. But you get guys like Juan Soto for the Nationals and guys like that. You see how hungry they are? No, nah, man, it, that's, it, it's a sight to, to, to be seen. And you, you appreciate those guys. And there are some American players that are like that. I'm not saying that there are, American players aren't like that, but it just seems the majority of them are those that come, I'll say, like from a third-world country. And, and like you said, too, it's kind of like, to use a basketball analogy, it's like Kobe Bryant. 
he appreciated the game because of his father, but also because go. he played over in Europe and things like that. Yeah. So even though he was from the United States, he was also worldly and in other places and was a student of the game. And that you mentioned how you know they're out there and they they practice maybe a little bit harder or longer or something like that. One of the things that I always seem when you see some of these younger players when they're first coming up and that just the fact that they look at these pristine infields and that and go. This is perfectly manicured. Right. Why, how, what, what's this just for ever making an error? Right. There's not rocks here and this and that. Yeah. And it's like, because the fields they play on, you know, they're baseball fields, yeah. but they're not well manicured, no. perfectly yeah. groomed and everything with the grounds crew coming out, putting the tarp <laughs> over every time it rains. When it rains, you play in the mud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you're basically playing on rock rock beds of, of infill yeah, and concrete. Yeah, a, a bad yeah. hop is when it hits the rock in the infield yeah. and then it bounces off your and forehead And not, not only that, but just how they're treated when they get here with their, you know, basically every clubhouse has their own kitchen. They have like a buffet and they can go in there and eat whatever they want. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah, you don't have that over there. And no. you're, you're lucky to get a meal. I mean, you might get a hot dog. And who knows what? It's not all beef hot dog over those snack bars over there coming up there in Cuba and places like that. I can tell you that, my friend. Well, you're also getting more worldly, too, because you're seeing players from other countries, from, from Asia or someplace else. And, and, and there's people traveling with their interpreters in that. And, and people have literally have jobs in the game where they just interpret for somebody till they learn the game enough. Mm-hmm. Very true. Or, or the language enough in that. I remember years ago when they had the home run derby contest out at Cashman Field, and Sammy Sosa was there. And, you know, there was some controversy about Sammy with steroids and the cork bat and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know that Sammy can speak English because you see him in interviews. He did not do any interviews there. He had an interpreter when he was down there, so the media basically couldn't really get near him in that. Right. So, you know, there are different things, and sometimes they also play their little tricks like, oh, no, no, Sammy, uh, the, oh, do you speak? No, oh, oh, well, sorry, then then can't interview him. Yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, don't have any time left for you anyhow, so <laughs> sorry, got here too late. Yeah. You know, but some of the people, and again, a lot of people appreciate and ingratiate the media in that, and some want to stay as far away from it as possible. No, it's very true. We see a lot of athletes in different sports. That are that way, too. No doubt about it. All right, good stuff. That interview will be up on the website a little bit later today as well, too. Uh, the interview with uh, with Dusty Baker. All right, so uh, college bowl season uh, upon us. Uh, sad news that, uh, well, we'll talk to T.J. Reeves about this. The, the Gasparilla Bowl has, has been canceled. I think we touched it's upon that. It's been gassed. Yeah, it's been gassed, exactly. Because South Carolina drops out, but they couldn't find a replacement to fill in for South Carolina. You know, so just think if the Liberty Bowl didn't scoop up Army, they could have got Gasparilla. Maybe, there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you snooze, you lose, right? I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, they said they couldn't find someone at the at the eleventh hour because again, this is just. And we talked about this last week that it's going to be we're going to see this. So we've seen one bowl get canceled yesterday. Are we going to see one of these major bowls? Are we going to see a New Year's Day bowl? Potentially get canceled. Fingers crossed that we don't. But but also in those cancellations, and I know that this isn't bowl related, but UNLV just announced too that two more games canceled: the February second or January second through fourth with the the San Diego State game in it. It's Mm. you know the basketball program. We're gonna keep on doing this. I got some bad news for people, and I don't mean to be Debbie Downer here. It's not over yet, folks. Mm. There's still a lot of stuff that we have to get through in that. I know right now everybody's, oh, the, the Golden Knights schedule came out, so we're happy about that. And, oh, the bowl season is here, and basketball's going on, and the NBA just tipped off in that. 
There's still a lot of stuff to circumvent all over the place. So bringing this back to baseball, what Dusty talked about, he says right now Major League Baseball is playing 162 games. Okay, what do you guys? I'm, I'll set the I'll set it right now. Do you guys Do you guys want uh, 162 or do you want the under? I would take the under. I would go under. No doubt, right? I don't see how Major League Baseball is going to go 162. And I saw the schedule the other day, and opening uh, week is going to be uh, April 1st. I think the, the first Sunday night game is whatever that is, April 3rd, April 4th, something like that. You know, again, still a lot of cold weather throughout the country at that point in time. Are we going to get this thing pushed back to May or June or whatever? And what is going to be the realistic number? I can't see it being 162. And then we know how much money they lost last year, and they kept, you know, that was a big sticking point between the union and owners and all that stuff. What is that number that could be safely played, do you think? It's not 162. I don't think I would love it to be 162. I say no way, though. I, I don't even want to throw a guess out there because, I mean, again, the vaccine should be coming out, but a lot of people aren't going to be able to get the vaccine until March, April, May. I mean, we don't know exactly when it's all going to be there, and then there's a protocol call of who gets it, and there's a lot of argument about that. Right. A lot of people not happy that athletes are getting it, that some politicians that have voted against everything are getting it before other people. I know right in Nevada, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are very angry right now that some people in jails right now are scheduled to get it before some elderly people well, and different and things like that. And I think like that, that the NBA came out and said, we're not going to be a priority. We're not going to have right. our players you know, step in front of everybody else, which is good. And I could see Major League Baseball doing the same thing. I could see baseball doing that. Again, hockey has just thrown out their schedules. Now they're being less aggressive. They're going for a 56-game season. But are they going to play all 56? Are they going to continue to keep on playing? How long can all these teams continue to play in empty arenas all over the place? Or is it going to be like these other sports? Well, if you play in Arizona, you can have, uh, you know, 5,000 fans. If you play here, you're not having any. If you play, is, is everything still going to change all over the place you go? By the way, hockey's going to be crazy this year, too. With everybody playing two to four game stints, of, right. it's going to be like mini playoff series, yeah. and we know how angry hockey players get. And You don't have to have a long-term memory to remember. It's one thing when you do a game in November and you go, alright, circle that game on January 20th because yeah. they're going at it. Oh, circle that game tomorrow night because they're going at it again. Right, right. January 13th, and then each team will carry three goaltenders, right? Well, yeah, they'll be they'll be the taxi squad. So there'll be two right. goalies on the regular squad, and then each team. The I believe the taxi squads, and I think um, Stevie and Brian were talking about yeah. this. They'll have a, like around six players on it, and one of those players will be a goaltender. Mm-hmm. And I think that depends on whether it's four to six or whatever. Part of that is with the salary cap and things like that too, because if you got too much salary cap, maybe you can't have six on that squad or whatever. So I do, I'm not an accountant. I took it in high school, but I didn't <laughs> after that, so I don't know all the ramifications. But you did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, though, didn't you? No, I, I stayed at my place. It's uh, it's it's already paid for. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What? There's no gathering somewhere else with 15 people or whatever. Only gathering with me is my channel clicker and my big screen TV. All right. <laughs> By the uh, way, TV last night was garbage. Although I did enjoy BYU's game. So you did that for a while. There you go. All right. I I, I didn't. I I gave up on that after 21 nothing, and then. Then came home and gave up on on everything. I was upset when they called off the dogs. It was forty nine. It was still there was still like five minutes to go in the third, and then they didn't score again. It's like, come on, crush them! <laughs> All right, speaking of crushing, our guy in Tampa is crushing it. T.J. Reeves, the Buck sideline reporter, 
We will talk football. We will talk basketball. And who knows what else. Yeah, uh, probably a food mention. TJ Reeves coming up next. TC Martin Show. <laughs> Logic and insanity mixed into a perfect prescription from the Dr. TC Martin. All right, we will be doing the show tomorrow and uh, off Friday for Christmas Day, of course. So wishing everyone a a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, whatever you are celebrating. Then we're back at it again on Monday. So, yeah, tomorrow, uh, you know, we kind of went with a a big Christmas theme yesterday, just, you know, with the big seven-footer yesterday. So hopefully we can uh, can get back uh, to that a little bit tomorrow as well, too. Yeah, I just want to know if TJ got his Tom Brady license plates for Christmas yet or if he's got to wait to open them until oh, Christmas Day. That's right. That's right. What is underneath <laughs> that Reeves Christmas tree? We will find out now. Our guy in Tampa, he is TJ Reeves, a Buck sideline reporter. And not only that, just a, a man of, uh, of many things as well, too. You can hear him on Compass Radio doing a play-by-play. And last weekend, I got a chance to, you know, while I was eating my, my Freddy's hot dog, a Chicago dog on Saturday, sitting in the parking lot, listening to Northwestern and uh, Ohio State, there was T.J. Reeves on my radio here locally in Las Vegas with Tiki Barber calling the play-by-play. Well done, my friend. Great job. Thank you, boys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Good to be with you. Hopefully you have been a little more nice than you have been naughty, at least recently. I'm doing my Samuel L. Jackson right now, and I'm shaking my head uh, exactly. yes, saying no. <laughs> How many times did you have to watch that commercial like I did before you realized that's John Travolta playing Santa Claus? It took me like the third time. I was a little slow. Let me tell you. I'll tell you how that. slow I was on this. Someone else had to bring it to my attention. I had no idea. And TJ, this is this is breaking news. This is shocking news for me because I am the biggest Pulp Fiction fan on the world, I and I had no idea about the Pulp Fiction references until someone brought it to my attention. I go, "Are you kidding me?" And I felt stupid. And then, did you know that there is a long version of this? They have the sixty-second yeah. version, which you rarely see during the games. Always when they give the the thirty-second version, costs more. Yeah, there you go. But you have to go ahead. And watch the 60 second version because they're, you know, the, the bolo ties, the $5 milkshake. Yes. Right, right. The rekindled from Pulp Fiction. Yes. yes and, and, and they're doing the dance at the end of the Chuck Berry song. Oh. I love it. Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, so, anyway, thank you for the kind words. And I am here to testify at, uh, at the altar. Testify. Of the Martin Show with the doctor. I'm testifying. Ohio State does not have the goods, my friend. They just don't. He's talking to you, Frank. Frank knows that. Uh, I know big. I know Big Ten person. Frank's from the Midwest. Big Ten person doesn't want to hear that. I'm, I'm not saying they're a bad team, and I realize that some of their guys were out. But by the way, that's their own fault. Self-inflicted for COVID-19, including their coach uh, getting it. There. I know Nick Saban had it earlier this year. There are some coaches that had it, but you know nobody should nobody should make a disclaimer that Ohio State having COVID-19 at the worst possible time is anybody else's fault other than theirs. Uh, and, and it's not, it's certainly not Northwestern's fault who did a much better job and didn't have any problems or any cancellations this year because of them for contact tracing and Northwestern had every chance to win that game. I mean, Frank, you would have to even acknowledge that Northwestern should have won that game, but they throw the interception in the end zone. They miss a field goal, a fairly short field goal. Uh, they, they just did not take advantage of opportunities and eventually 
Trey Sermon, speaking of the altar, Sermon, the running back for the Buckeyes, I think he just ran for another 25 <laughs> yards. What did he have, like 300? I looked at Tiki Barber and said, Tiki, he's got 300 yards, and we still have half the fourth quarter here. It was crazy. Yeah, he, he definitely testified, and he got to the end zone to uh, do his sermon on the mount there. So, But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, it, it was definitely – and I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm nervous about Ohio State. I don't think their defense is that great, although they did cause some turnovers and that allowed them to win that game. And then, like you said, Sermon with his running certainly got the job done there. But I don't think this team is as good as last year's team. Uh, they're obviously losing losing guys like Young and some of the other players on the defense. I don't think they're as deep. I think because they did play fewer games that they haven't really had a chance to gel and maybe be as good as they could. Fields' hand injury bothers me because he was really moving that thumb around a lot out there. I'm actually a little bit surprised that it's only like seven or seven and a half because Clemson beat them by that much last year, and I think Clemson's is good or better than last year's team, and I'm not sure Ohio State is. I hope Ohio State puts it all together and they play well, but uh, let's put it this way. I will be rooting for the Buckeyes. My money will not be on either side because (laughs) I don't want to hate myself after the game. So here's what I want to know. You guys know more about this, all right? Were you shocked, and I'm sure you've talked about it this week. I just haven't heard you. Were you shocked that that line was not at least 10 or more for Clemson? I mean, I know they're trying to get people to bet on Ohio State. What about you guys? No, no, because this is why Ohio State got into the playoff and with the, with the number three seed, because they have so much respect out there. You're never going to see Ohio State a double-digit underdog uh, unless they were, they're missing their starting quarterback you or missing believe, their running back. No. Okay, interject. Yeah. You don't believe if they were playing Alabama that Alabama wouldn't have been favored by 10 or 12 at least when they put Alabama as a 20-point favorite against Notre Dame? They could probably put Ohio State in maybe a 10 or 11 if that was the case. But when have you ever seen Ohio State as a double-digit dog? When have you ever seen Ohio State as a dog, period? Look at the inflated lines when they played Indiana, which was supposed to be the second-best team. They, they were still 15, 16-point favorite they against Indiana. Tw- like that's right. They were, that's 20, they were 21 yeah. over Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Well, in Northwestern, they were 21. You know, here in their Big Ten championship game. So they are overvalued. So, yeah, there's no way in the world that they're going to be getting double digits against probably anybody. Maybe Alabama, but that's it. And, and let's be honest about it. A lot of people out there, the novice people, think that the line is what the sports books think people think a team's going to win by the line is set to get two-way action right and that just shows you that ohio state backers believe in them and they overinflate them and they know that the money's still going to come in on that that's why the lines are overinflated so much a lot of times back yeah here's who i believe in from the drive-through line of freddy's last week on the three dog thursday podcast coming strong while eating his fries and his freddy dog T.C. Martin made it very clear, back the Northwestern Wildcats and all of those points. He came strong with that pick, and it came through. And again, I know that Northwestern fan doesn't want to hear this, but they should have won that game. They should be the team that's in the New Year's Six Bowl game. They wouldn't have gotten in the playoff, but they should have won that game and had an upset of upsets of Ohio State. Well, their defense shows up uh, at all. And, again, that's supposed to be their calling card. But and turnovers killed them. Yeah, exactly. But you, you can't give up 400 yards, 399 to be exact, on the ground. You're not beating anybody when you give up 399 right. on the ground. And here's what I want to know, TJ. You just said it perfectly just uh, uh, four or five minutes ago when you said Ohio State is not all that. I would love to hear you say that on the broadcast. You know, why didn't you just come out and say, you know what? This Ohio State team stinks. 
I would love to hear you say that I, on I, national I radio. Like, I, I might want to work a future Big Ten championship game. We didn't say state. I know, but, but you I could have alluded to, to it. I said to Tiki Barber in the second half of the game, I said, Tiki, we've seen Alabama three times. Is this team within two scores of Alabama? He said, are you crazy? Absolutely not. Not with what we've seen uh, today. And, again, I think Frank makes a good point. You know, it is the point. They didn't play enough games this year. They, they, they had five wins coming into the Big Ten title game. They haven't been able to get into any kind of a rhythm uh, even with practice, you've had guys that weren't able to practice for the last three or four weeks because of the COVID tracing. So, uh, but yet still the committee puts them in. It's the name on the front of the jersey, the brand name. They know they get the whole upper Midwest. They get Cleveland. They get Detroit. They get Chicago. They get Minneapolis. They get all of those markets to watch. They probably were going to have them anyway with Notre Dame in the Midwest, but they definitely have them with Ohio State because most of the ones that I just mentioned there outside of Cleveland hate them. In Indianapolis and, and in Detroit and in Minnesota and in Chicago, they don't want Ohio State to win, so they're going to watch to be anti-Buckeye. Yeah, that, that is true. And Notre Dame kind of falls into that same, that same alignment as well, too. But Notre Dame isn't as good, and again, hasn't had that recent success. A lot of people are just kind of anti-Notre Dame. But then, again, you, you don't really fear Notre Dame as well, too. And a lot of people think, okay, Notre Dame is a fraud. We've, we saw them there last year, and, and they failed miserably when they've been there in the past. So, and again, I know a lot of people were feeling that way about Oklahoma. And unfortunately, just think, if Oklahoma doesn't lose that game to K-State, all right? Now, they lost to Iowa State. Then they came back and they beat Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. But I, I got to believe, you know, they rose to number six. But, you know, because of the failures they've had in the semifinals, people say, eh, Big 12, you know, we don't want to see them either. There's all these preconceived notions when you get into that, that room, that 13-person committee. And I thought it was, it was, it was great what Brian Kelly said the, uh, the other day uh, on the selection show. And uh, Houston Nutt even said it when we had him on the other day, and, and Trevor Maddich as well. It's like, if you have football coaches as part of that 13-member panel and not athletic directors or presidents, <laughs> if you have football coaches, more than likely Ohio State's not in because these coaches know that you have to go through the grind and they appreciate you every Amen. 11 weeks of this and taking the tests and, and not knowing who you have week in and week out. And a team that plays six compared to 11, yeah, I think it's very, very true. And again, you know, yeah. I, 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 and I think we're all saying the same thing here too. Six games is a detriment, but Ohio State just isn't as good as those other teams that, that, that are above them right now in Clemson and Alabama. Gabble doesn't have them in if there's eight teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Has well, he, but I think, I think the valid point, too, of the ninth time, the tenth time, the eleventh time that Alabama was tested, that they're passing the test, over and over and over again in the strongest conference. And as much as people want to roll their eyes at the SEC, the SEC has three times as many players every year going into the NFL right now over the last five or six years. You can look it up. They got three times more of the players than the ACC or the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the Pac-12 because the NFL realizes this is the talent pool. And so when you win a ninth time, a tenth time, an eleventh time in that conference, of course you can't convince me that that's the same thing as six wins in the Big Ten. It was just such an odd, odd year. 
goofball situation, but it was almost like it was preordained. We're going to put a Big Ten team in because they're willing to come back in and risk it and play and et cetera, et cetera. So we could go on for another 15 minutes on that, guys. But we got our playoff, and then we got the we got the semifinals next week. I just hope that we get a competitive game next Friday when we have the doubleheader of the two semifinals. I fear that neither one of them will be competitive. We'll see. But doesn't the SEC benefit from not having a salary cap? <laughs> at some of the places, yes. At some of the schools, yes. And I mean, at very similar to the T.C. Martin buyout, when you can, uh, Gus Malzahn, collect $21 million to leave, you're looking to leave. If you can leave with $21 million, I want to leave. I will leave the show now if I can get $21 million. That, is the, second, that is the second reference today about me and a salary cap. Uh, first hour, we got that from Frank, and now I'm getting it from you. There he is. That is TJ Reeves, ladies and gentlemen, our capologist there in Tampa. And not only is he in the epicenter of the world, the Tampa Bay Lightning champions, the Tampa Bay Ray ch- uh, champions, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, 100 bowl games. There's only probably 26 bowl games on the docket. 100 of them are all in, t- are all in the si- uh, state of Florida there. But now you've got NBA. And what's cracking me up, you are now called, what, the Toronto slash Tampa Bay Raptors. And I'm cracking up because Nick Nurse is going through your arena there, by the way. I don't know what the hell the name of it is because you guys changed the name. You and Orlando, you guys changed the name of that damn arena all the time. I don't know what it's called now. But anyway, uh, what is the latest sponsor? But it he is looks the up. Amelie Arena for Amelie Oil out of the Midwest. Amelie Oil. The Amelie Arena, yes, where the Lightning play. And now the Toronto. Uh, the Toronto, uh, I said it right, the Toronto Raptors are now playing yes. uh, here, not only in Toronto. They're never going to play in Toronto this year. That's the bizarre thing. They I should just be like the uh, the mercenary Raptors. They're playing in Tampa and everywhere else. So they're here. And, it, guys, it's bizarre. I think we talked about this on your show maybe a couple of weeks ago, but if we didn't, here's the strange thing. They're not allowed to have a radio station in our market because that is protected by the Orlando Magic territory. <laughs> Their games are not allowed to be on the TV, on the local cable deal or the stuff here, because, again, that's protected by the Orlando Magic. If their game is on nationally, we can see that on TNT or on ESPN. So this is, this is like a team that is in witness protection <laughs> in this market because they're not on the radio, they're not on TV, and they're only allowing about 2,000 fans to go to the arena and watch it is crazy, guys, but we do have the NBA here, I guess. I think, sort of. It's wild. And, and that's what I was saying. It's, Nick Nurse is going through your arena there, and he's like, hey, that's pretty cool. We have our banner up there. So, yeah, they. how strange is that that they've got their 2019-20 NBA World Championship banner up, in, <laughs> up there in Tampa, and the Tampa Bay Lightning don't have their own banner up there yet? And, and Nick Nurse doesn't have any hope that he will get back into Canada with his team and his players at any point, anytime soon, in the next 90 days or six months. This is not going to ease up uh, on the COVID-19 front. I mean, that's the reason why the NHL has already decided and has already announced this, and they were putting the schedule out today, that all the Canadian teams are only going to play each other. North of the border, the whole regular season, the seven Canadian teams are only playing each other and then they will come to the United States when it's time to play in the playoffs because none of the U.S. teams can come to Canada to play them in a playoff series. So it's just it's crazy. But, yes, the Raptors are here. I talked to some friends of mine that went to the exhibition game uh, the other night, and, and they're trying to get familiar with the players and that kind of stuff. And, look, this is not much of an NBA market. Uh, here in Tampa to begin with. The Orlando Magic have been awful. The days of Shaq and Penny are long gone in the rearview mirror. 
So you're trying to get familiar with who are these guys, and you're seeing it some on the local news or in the paper. But again, you can't hear it on the radio. You can't watch it on TV because it's protected. It's it's wild, but the Raptors are here. There you go. All right. So let's talk a little bucks. Uh, yes. we'll give, give us the latest great. Frank asked if you uh, have unwrapped your Christmas present early, your Tom Brady license plate. Well, you know, he was saying that. I don't know if I have that in my stocking or not, but I will say this. At the at the half last week, down 17 to nothing against the, Atlanta, the lowly Falcons oh, with 60 yards of offense, how many of those license plates were being returned to sender? <laughs> Go get my refund here at Christmas time if you had bought them. Uh, but that's why they play two halves, guys. TC, he was something else in the second half. You saw it firsthand earlier this year in Vegas when he turned it on in the second half of that game with the Raiders. Same thing here. The Falcons, I know their pass defense is bad. At times it looks like the Falcons are playing with eight guys back there on defense, and they were bad, but you still got to take advantage of them. And that's what Brady did. He threw for 330 yards in the second half, in the second half of the game. So now the Bucks are on the cusp of one more win, and you're in the playoffs. And I have not been able to say that in over a decade. The Bucks have not been in the playoffs since my, my 12-year-old twins were born in 2008. They've, been, they've not been in the playoffs since 2007 when your coach, John Gruden, was the Buccaneer coach. That's the last time we were in. But a win over the Lions puts the Bucks in the playoffs, and, uh, and then we go from there. You get the puncher's chance. You'll have to be on the road. We'll see what happens. But there is some real excitement right now around this area uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that comeback last week because there's a legitimate chance now you're in the postseason. Okay, but how strange does this sound? That here we're approaching, what, week 16, 15, 16, whatever it is here, and you're saying, oh, one more win? Honestly, at the beginning of the season, right. you, the, they, were, they were supposed to compete for the division or at least be relatively close. They should have at least, you, you thought they would have, at least two or three more wins at this point in time right now. And again, you, you hit the nail on the head. That first half was an embarrassment. We've seen them not play. I think the only time, seriously, TJ, I saw them play a full 60 minutes was against the lowly Raiders here. And Brady got off the bus throwing, and he was fantastic, not just in the second half, the entire game. But I have not seen that from the Bucks. You cover this team. You're at every home game. You're on the air with them there. I mean, really? I mean, isn't this team considered a disappointment? Well, I think right now, to an extent, yes, because they don't have the 10th win by now, like you're talking about. They're not going to win the division. The only, the only hope is that Minnesota gives us an all-time Christmas present down here and beats the Saints on Sunday, and then Carolina somehow beats the Saints in the final game. The Saints lose their last two, the Bucks win their last two, they win the division and get a home game. But that would be the gift of gifts. That's, that's likely not going to happen. That's like, that's like my man BGK Frank winning the lottery and then getting struck by lightning in the parking lot after winning the lottery with the winning ticket. It ain't happening. Tampa right, Bay so, lightning, he says. Look at that. That's right. Okay. Now, with that being said, still, you would take a playoff season. All of us in this area, working with the team, fans of the team, would take a playoff season, especially if it ends up being a 10 or 11 win season. But I like what Bruce Arians said. He said, look, everybody was trying to crown us in August uh, and telling us we've we've got the Lombardi Trophy. It's hard to win the NFL, and especially hard with a new quarterback. You didn't have a traditional offseason. You had no preseason games. And this team has struggled at times this year, like you would expect with a team trying to put it all together because you've got a new quarterback and a new situation. But 
the, the only thing I'm saying is he's the future first ballot Hall of Famer. Just get in the postseason and let's see what happens because this is a wild 2020 year, and I want to work some of that postseason magic. The Lightning have the cup. The Rays got all the way to the World Series. Just get me in, and the Bucks can be knocking on the door to win some playoff games. Well, and when you're talking about the playoffs, too, if you're going to go into the playoffs with a team that is, like you said, has so many different pieces and different things, the one guy you'd probably want quarterback in that team is Tom Brady because, like you said, get into the playoffs and then see what happens there. So our expectations and hope for this team still riding high down there? Yes. I would answer yes, because everywhere I go, that's all anybody's talking about now after these two wins over Minnesota and Atlanta, because it was down in the dumps on the bye week after Kansas City torched this team. But I kept saying to people, look, the Chiefs are the defending champs, and they, they do this to everybody they play with the way that they throw, on the, throw the ball. And lo and behold, look what they did to the Saints last weekend. And the Saints have an outstanding defense, probably a better defense in the box, and they threw on them the whole game. So the Chiefs game, you couldn't judge it on in and of itself. But yes, there is still... A lot of optimism down here on what Brady's going to be able to do. And I believe, I mean, it's obvious. I've watched it all year long. He is shutting people up on whether he still has an arm and can get it done. You saw that throw to Antonio Brown. That was a laser, about a 50-55 yard bullet to Brown for the game-winning touchdown. So he has held up physically to this point, and they will still be a dangerous postseason team if you can get in there, one more win. Who's coaching the Lions? TC, are you jumping on a plane to coach the Lions? They don't have a coach right now because of COVID nineteen. I know my my, my guy Daryl Bevel. Coach, my, yeah, he the can't go. Coach right, can't coach. Coach TC Martin is in. No, I have nothing to do with the Lions. Even though I do like the colors, right. I love the Honolulu blue. Uh, I like that, but no, I, I can't. I can't do that. But I'm going to go back to what you're saying about Brady, TJ. You got to look at the eye test. Okay, and I understand you, Frank, everybody's saying that, yeah, okay, you know, he's still Tom Brady getting to the postseason, but he's going to be playing nothing but stellar competition. And let's be honest, against stellar competition, I don't think he has passed the test. He threw the laser at Antonio Brown, but what about the other short hops behind the receivers? I mean, we're still not seeing that crisp Brady. And every week we hear, well, he's not on the same page as these guys. He's got to be on the same page after 14 games. Seriously, it's just not yes. there. Well, yeah. And Stevie's playing the music already. Jeez, he's yeah, playing the music fair. already. We got to go. Jeez. I know. You got to go. And it's, it's fair. All I'm saying is find a way to get in and let's see if he can turn the magic yeah. on. How about that for a Christmas request a couple of days before the big one? I know you boys got to go. Be well. We'll see what the Bucks do. And I promise. I will be back with you whenever you need me, even if it's next year, in the new year, uh, to talk up whatever you need to talk up. Yeah, I, I got a feeling we'll, we'll we'll catch you towards the tail end of this year. The, the, the problem might be they might be on the same page, but they might be reading different books. Yeah, exactly. That could be true, too. All right, brother, be good. Have a, a great Christmas with the family. We are going to do our best, and then the Bucks have a Saturday game. How about a Christmas uh, fun day and then a playoff Saturday, a playoff-making Saturday? I'll take that for the Christmas holiday this weekend. Right. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Eat well, my man. All right, take care. Thank TJ Reeves for joining us. Dusty Baker, you can go to the website. It'll All that stuff will be up very, very shortly at tcmartinshow.com. Ballpark Frank, Stevie Slapshop, thanks again. We're back at it tomorrow right here at 2.